welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast, where you'll learn how to structure terms and use various creative financing strategies to create profitable deals for short and long-term wealth. Whether you're a buy and hold investor, wholesaler, or flipper, learning creative financing will help you do more deals and unlock profits that you may not even know existed. On the Creative Financing Podcast, we break down actual deals we and our guests are doing and simplify the methods and terms used to execute these strategies. Now, let's dive in and create some terms. Hello and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Gallegos, here with Jeff Rappaport. And today, guys, this will be uh, part number three in our series of deal structuring. And uh, each of these episodes, we be, we've, we've been coming up with one offer uh, on, on this property, the subject property, and, uh, and then the exit strategy for that. So if you haven't listened to both of those, go back and listen to those. Um, and we're just going to jump right into option number three uh, on this episode. And so again, this, uh, these offers we're making on a condo, it's a two bed, one and a half bath, it's over a thousand square feet. Um, the seller owes about 30K and they're asking about 170 on it and their payment is $410 a month. There's an HOA fee of $140 and this thing can rent out for 1150 a month. Um, and I think we we uh, suspect it's worth one ninety. That is right, and you're you, you've got those uh, statistics down about this property now that we've covered this for the third time. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about a little. Now keep in mind we, we've made two offers already. Yeah. Basically, one's a short term, one's a little longer term. We tweaked a few other things slightly different down payment, um, a higher price by 10 grand in option two. The, the monthly payment basically was a wash. It was right around 800, um, 810. So, uh, and we basically have the same exit strategy uh, for both, which would be find an owner occupant and um, sell the you know put them in the property and stay in the property neither one would require you to stay in the the deal um but as you saw uh, you, you can make considerably more money if you stayed in the middle uh but you know worst comes to worst you wholesale it and you take your upfront fee and you're done right okay so option three is going to give us a few more exit strategies and um jonathan you've been asking for it but what do you think option three is going to be uh subordination so yeah. why would you think that would be the case and the reason because the reason being is they only owe thirty thousand on on uh their mortgage so you can wipe out their existing mortgage you can go out there find a you know a money partner uh private money hard money um and you can offer more down this way and wipe out their their uh, existing mortgage, and then you have you know you may we might have a little more room there for cash flow if you're going to rent this. Um, I don't know if you were still planning on uh, selling this to a, a an owner occupant, um, but that that is certainly an option as well. So one of the things that, so you, you already are getting, obviously, we've been doing this for a while now, you, you know the kinds of uh, offers I like to make. 
And someone was asking me the other day, how do you decide what the offers are that you make? And it's like, look, I I have four or five, six, you know, they're about strategies that I like. And then I can tweak each one to, to do a number of different things. And that's enough. Um, You know, I probably have a couple back in, you know, if you reach deep down in the bag, you could probably pull out a couple more just for those special occasions. But, you know, I don't need an infinite amount of strategies to use here. I've got enough and then I can tweak each one to be a little bit different. What I'm really looking for is how can I make money with this lead if they accept this offer? Uh, and if I want them, you know, if I wanted it to be for landlords, then I would structure my offers where whichever offer the, the seller took, I could wholesale to a landlord. If I wanted to stay in the middle, um, and the seller was giving me enough, uh, motive that the seller was motivated enough to be flexible um, then I would structure every offer so I could potentially stay in the middle. I don't really care. Uh, what I want is I want that the seller take one of these offers and that I can turn around and do something with this property that can generate revenue. And yeah. some will be better than others. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about, uh, we've been at 170,000. We've been at 180,000. Where do you think we should be price-wise? Uh, I, I think you like to go up and off, go up in the, the number in the purchase price as, as your, I think, is that not how you, is that not how you do it, Jeff? Or, it depends. Uh, it, yeah, normally, but when, yep, and I'm surprised you didn't bring this up last episode, Jonathan, that you know, normally my first option is my highest price. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, that's yeah, I, yeah, I switched it around. Why? Numbers worked a little better um, that way. Uh, so, that, you know, I have certain ways I like to do things, but the numbers have to work. If they don't work, uh, I'm not going to try to force something to, to work. I'm, I'm going to be flexible enough to say, I got to, I got to change what I want to do because the numbers need to work. So, so on this, if we're, if we're giving, if we can give them a lot more down, could we ask for a lower purchase price somewhere around 160? Good. What, what are you thinking you would offer down? Um, I was thinking, so give them the 30 and then give them another, now forty on top of that, or something. Oh, so seventy grand down. Okay, but what are you going to borrow this money at? So I'd borrow from a hard money lender or a money partner. Um, I'd find someone at a local RIA that okay. uh, wanted to earn, say, eight percent interest on their money, uh, secured by a first position trustee to note um, for a house that's worth, you know, that has. Uh, what what is it if it's 190 120,000 in equity sure so you you could offer them a fairly safe investment right by coming in on a first mortgage and uh but here here's what i would tell you at 70,000 if you're getting money at 8% do you know what that monthly payment's going to be 466 
66. What, what have we figured, if there's one thing that we have figured out about this particular deal, what is the one thing that we just know we can't really exceed? Uh, we can't exceed the around what 600 bucks or something 800 right that, that, that's uh, we, we've been at kind of the limit right yeah uh if we do it just cuts into any cash flow and cash flow is already that we yeah. You know, if you go back to episode one we were having a conversation about trying to structure it for a landlord and we probably wanted to be like 150 dollars less so uh you know 800 is pushing it and so if we're gonna pay 466 for that 70 grand, is that right? 70,000, um, that we still owe, what, what was the price that you were gonna offer now? 70, oh, uh, the price 165. 165, so you still owe 90, right? Yeah. But what's the most that we could then offer um, okay. our seller, like 350? Yeah, three thirty-three. If we want three fifty, if you wanted to stay just a little above that eight hundred. So, I, I'm not saying you couldn't. Um, what I like to do is, when I offer this subordination, I, I do. I want to be able to offer it where it makes sense to the seller, but for the least amount that I can get away with, because I am gonna pay you know, that. Since we started talking about this, I think I always told you, you know, plan on 8%. Mm -hmm. Well, I've since changed my mind because uh, I'm sorry, but I, I can go find this money at 5 and 6% right now. Um, someone that's got an uh, IRA that is going to be at 30% loan to value in first position that's just sitting there, I mean, 5 6% should cut it for them. Um, okay. okay? So your, your option isn't bad, um, but what are you offering the seller on their note then? So I would have to figure that out. Um, so if I they had- still owe them 90 grand. Yeah. So let's just play around with calculator here. So present value, 90,000. So you, you're going to pay them, you know, somewhere between three and three fifty a month, right? Yeah. Yep. So th let's say it's three hundred. That's thirty six hundred for the year. Th this is where you're going to get your principal paid out, right? Because yeah. that first mortgage isn't being paid down; it's interest only. Yeah. So right now, you're yes, you got the price, the property at a little cheaper, but you know you'd want this to pay down somewhat, right? Yeah, um, yep. So where, how long of a term and how much principal pay down do you think um, you could okay. get? Uh, I would, I don't know. Um, so let me, I'm just trying to plug in, play with some numbers here. Okay. I will let you. So we would want to get a, like a lot of principal pay down over say five years. So if you offered $300 a month over five years, it would be 
like 18,000, right? Yeah. 18,000, that's about 10%. Remember that there's no like down payment here. So you, you want to create at least a 10% pay down because if you went and wholesaled this, right? Okay, so you went and sold it to a landlord somehow, okay? And you said, hey, I, you can get into this property for 20 grand down. Uh -huh. And so that means that they're paying 185 for the property, right? Because we've got to add our fee to the price that we have it with, with the seller. So you offered 165, the price would be 185. Now there's uh -huh. no down payment other than this amount of money that you can borrow, right? Yeah. So when we say down payment, this money's going to you as a wholesaler, mm -hmm. right? So this is your assignment fee. But they now have 10% into the property, okay? And they're basically paying pretty close to retail value of the property. Right. So that 10% basically just made up for your assignment fee. Does yeah. that make sense? So they're, they're no better off um, in five years than, um, than putting 20 grand down on a $190,000 property. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay. Uh, and that might be a little confusing, but um, uh, that's one of the reasons why I, I want to try to get that principal pay down more. Um, uh, and the way that you do it, that, that there's only so many ways you can do it. You either got to pay more money per month yep. or you got to extend the term that you're paying those payments. Yeah. So we already have a four-year deal. We already have a seven-year deal. Uh, now, wh where do we want to be on this? Um, that we, we could go even longer. We could go 10-year deal. Yeah. Um, uh, but that may make this a little less attractive to the seller because why would I want to say, why would I want to stay in this deal for 10 years? I'm not even making any interest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agreed to a lesser price than my other than the other offers you were offering me and I'm not getting any interest. So. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, where did you go with this then? All right. So, what I did is I offered 35,000 and just okay. enough to pay off that existing debt and put a little money in their pocket. The okay. reason that I did that is that there are a bunch of sellers out there that just feel better that their debt is gone. Uh, and right. th this no longer is their debt. It's my debt, right? I'm the one borrowing this. I like this amount because what if I just, you know, me as an investor, what if I just have some money sitting around that I'd like to make five, six, seven, eight percent on? Um, yeah, I, I can just put this into this deal and get that kind of return. Now, we, we've talked about, Jonathan, over several different episodes, I have um, some substitution of collateral money uh -huh. that I'm paying like 2.5% for. Would it make sense if I took some of this money and made 6 7 8% on it? Yeah. Yep, arbitrage on it. Not a bad deal, right? Uh, yeah. I'm, am I protected? Yep. 
ridiculously well protected. Yeah, 100%. Yep. So, um, and now I could go and do any number of things that I want with this property that's, so I'm, I'm bringing in this money and I'm getting um, interest on my capital and uh, I'm going to figure out a way to uh, get the most amount out of this in some way or another. Now, I don't have to be the bar, the lender. Um, I'm just saying it's a small enough amount that um, I might consider it depending on what the situation is. Yeah. Uh, when you start getting to 70,000 or 75, do I really want to tie up all that money? I doubt it. Uh, right. So what I did is I offered 35,000. I'm going to, I'm going to be right in the middle of the two other offers. So 175. Okay. And uh, so I'm going to still owe the seller 140,000 as a second trustee to note. That's how they're going to be secured behind that first of 35,000. Mm-hmm. And I want there to be principal pay down. Um, now I need that principal pay down. So I offered them $525 because I can get this money at 6% for sure. And maybe even five. So 6% I'm paying $175 a month. Now I'm offering them 525. I'm at a total of seven. Is that, I already know I'm in a better position than those other two offers, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So 525 times 60 will reduce the principal balance by 31,500. Okay. Getting almost at 20%. Yeah. That's where I want to be. Okay. So, what could we then do with this property? Well, I could do exactly the same situation that we did in the first two. Sell it to an owner off. Yeah, and I, I want to just go over what those numbers would look like now. Um, okay, so if I find the, the buyer at 200 and they pay me $20,000 down, um, uh, who keeps all 20 grand? You do. I do, right? Because I don't know the seller any money up front. Right. Okay. And they had, if I remember right, five and a half percent interest. Yep. Like a thousand twenty-two for the payment. Thousand twenty-two. And let's say that no, let's say we go four years on this, right? Just because we don't necessarily want to take it to the end of our term. Yeah. So at the end of 48 months, they still owe 169.4. Okay. So we've already made 20 grand. How much money are we making cash flow a month? Um, well, we were making 222 at 800. Now we're at seven. So now we're making 322 a month, right? Passive income is right. our payment seven. Um, yep. And at the end of four years, 169. Fifteen thousand four fifty six. Uh, uh, Twenty five thousand. Yeah, so like one fifteen. Um, so we're at one fifty about. Um, so how much more money do we make? Like, um, 
So remember, we still got to pay back that thirty-five thousand. Yeah. And so we're going to knock off twenty-five thousand um, off the equity, off the hundred and forty thousand dollars second. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna owe right around one hundred and fifty. Okay. Right. And what's our buyer gonna owe us? One fifty. Uh, that one sixty. Yeah, so but we'd get another like nineteen thousand five hundred. So we're at like thirty nine five between the upfront money, the back end money, and then three hundred and twenty dollars a month times um, forty eight months. That's like another fifteen thousand. So that works for every one of these options, right? Right. Yeah. You may get a little more money up front, a little less money up front, a little more money cash flow wise, a little less, a little more up on the back end. And you can structure it so that you can try to get what it is that you want, you know, what makes the most amount of sense. Um, could I wholesale this deal? Yeah, I think I think you could. I could definitely wholesale this deal. Let's say I just wanted to sell this property for... 200,000, make a $25,000 um, uh, assignment fee. Um, uh, if I come in and I lend this money, if I lent that 35,000, um, it doesn't even matter. I could ask the investor to go find that 35,000. Right. They could just do it as easily as I could. Um, uh, there's a cash flow of $322 a month, um, 322 times 12, it's 38.64 divided by 25,000 is a 15 and a half percent cash on cash return. Um, I don't have to do, I could be in it and out of it and I could, this could be done in like five days. Um, yeah. uh, could I at least option this? You could. This would be the one to lease option because I got no money up front. Yeah, yeah. So now, if I could only get six, seven, eight thousand dollars, ten grand up front, I get to keep all that. That goes in my pocket. Yeah. Uh, I'd rent it out at eleven fifty. Um, you know, maybe I'm making a thousand net. Um, a thousand net. I'm I'm making my three hundred dollars a month cash flow. And you know, at the end of it, they still owe the full amount. Yeah. So I've got so many options now, and this is the the offer that they're supposedly going to take. Um, and this is why I like subordination so much: is that I could I just hold this as a rental if I wanted to for the next three four years. I yep. mean. Zero money down for me. Right. Um, yeah, I don't have to go borrow any money. I do have to go borrow some money, but um, I promise you um, that there will be plenty of people that will be willing to take five or six percent interest. Thirty-five thousand on a hundred ninety thousand dollar property. Does it? If the world ended tomorrow, they'd still be safe. Um, they'd still get their money back. Right. Right. So 
that's what um, creative financing can do. And even though we used some of the same exit strategies, it's because that's the one that worked the best. Right. But here's a third one that, um, and why would the seller be interested in this? Their debt's gone. Yep. Um, they don't have to worry about a due on sale clause or a wrap or anything like that. Um, they're getting good cash flow. Yeah. Um, better cash flow than any of the other ones. Right. Um, and the price is right in the middle and the term is right in the middle. Yeah. Um, so yeah. they don't have to stay in it as long. And, uh, um, and by the way, if this was a rental and I don't remember if it was, I think they actually lived in it. So I think this was a personal residence. So they'll have no tax consequence. Um, if we sell it, if we buy it at any time, and you know, they, as long as they've occupied two out of the last five years, they'll have no personal, uh, no capital gains on it. And if it was a rental and they have not occupied it um, two out of the last five years, then these offers allow them to spread their tax consequence over the period of time that we're giving them. Right. So, four years, five years, seven years. So they're only paying taxes on the money that they receive rather than all at once. Yeah, yeah. So it's a less tax burden. Yeah. Spread out over a longer period of time. Yeah. So I wanted to save this subordination because I knew you were waiting for it, John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, guys, I hope that you can really see how uh, it just opens a lot of your options up. And uh, this deal in particular, um, it's, it's ripe for, you know, getting paid on the front end, making some cash flow uh, over your term, and then uh, taking a, you know, a bigger chunk, bigger payment on that back end. Uh, so you get paid three times. And I know these are your kind of, fa your favorite kind of deals, right, Jeff? Just the, 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 they are my three times on. My favorite kinds of deals are the ones that are just quick and easy to get done. And this one would just be quick and easy to get done. And, you know, really the only goal, the only thing I have to decide is, do I want to stay in the middle? And, uh, you know, the, the answer, I, I know what most of our, our listeners would say is, well, why wouldn't you want to stay in the middle? Well, uh, can I just add this and then we'll wrap this up? Is that yeah. um, the reason that there's probably two reasons why you'd want to question whether you stay in the middle. One is uh, when you were creating notes, so we're, we're the note creator here, right? So, yeah. um, and when I say creating, we're giving a note to someone. So yeah. the seller is giving us a note and then we are giving a note to someone else. Okay when we're giving it to an owner occupant, they're rules and they're called Dodd-Frank and safe act rules. And it's very easy to comply. Um, it's kind of a pain and there's a small fee involved, but it's not that big of a deal and you can comply. Um, but you need to comply. If you don't comply, you're putting yourself at risk. So that, that's the first thing that you've got to consider. Anytime that you're the note creator, not when you're wholesaling, because in reality, you're not the note creator. It's the seller. Right. Okay. So that's the first thing. Okay. Second, what, what if there was a big market crash, right? 
And um, are you concerned that, you know, what, 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 what if this pandemic, uh, we, we have a second wave and a third wave and, you know, we have all this unemployment, people can't afford to even live right now, you know, and our buyer loses their job and, you know, walks away from this deal. Um, what do we do? Um, but what if all of a sudden we can't get $1,000 a month um, in rent for this property? Uh, so there's not a huge spread there. And so what, what I'd like to do is I always want to look at it as, um, you know, what's my risk reward? I don't know that there's a lot of risk. I mean, this is on the lower end. Um, you know, what's the worst case scenario? Um, but it would be something that I would look at. And um, you do want to be careful because we're in really uncertain times right now. And so if this was, you know, a $800,000 home and, you know, it was a 3000 a month plus payment, um, you know, my, my understanding would be is that, hey, if the world ended tomorrow, that most likely I'm just handing this property back to the seller. Right. Uh, and as long as I've recouped all my money, I'm okay with it. As long as I don't put the seller in a worse position than they were in before, I can live with that. Um, uh, I don't want to put them in a worse position, though. Mm -hmm. So th those are the only things that I would consider. And, um, you yeah, know, the spread's not the greatest. And, you know, anytime that you're in the middle, there's not a lot of work that you need to do. I mean, here's the amount of work. You get it set up with a third party servicer. They collect the payment. They make the payment. They give you the balance of your money. They send everyone documentation. They show everyone what interest they paid for the year. Um, but you still got to make sure the payments get made and made on time. And, if you know if there's an underlying mortgage you don't want to, you want to make sure if it changed hands that everyone's uh, made aware of it you know if taxes went up or down you'd want to make sure everyone's aware of it there's still a few minor things that you need to be involved with and um so you may say hey maybe this isn't such a super good deal to be in the middle uh, i'm just going to wholesale it and i'll take my money and i'll wait yeah. for the next one yeah yeah very good. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Guys, uh, if you want to reach us, you can do so on our hotline. So if you're interested in uh, Jeff's apprenticeship program uh, where you work with him and uh, you know, find deals across the country uh, and it's specifically geared towards wholesaling, um, give our hotline a call at 877-409-8090. And then we have an, an education program that uh, we'll get you guys a, a link for. Uh, but, but why don't you tell them the name? We have a name now. So it's the it's Creative Financing Academy, um, and uh, it's an online platform where you can uh, find uh, videos. It's in video format, I should say, where it teaches you uh, mainly how to practice uh, creating offers. And uh, the more you, you get that practice in, the better you can become at actually, um, you know, creating these offers and then executing on these, these creative financing strategies. So uh, look for that. Um, I don't have the, I don't have a specific link up right now, but we'll get that to you. 
Um, and then, oh, let's see, any last, any, anything you want to mention on, on yeah, your- Super excited about, you know, I'm, I'm looking at more apprentices. I need more people. I have this goal of helping 25 people reach their real estate goals this year. And um, we're heading toward the last quarter. I really want to get to that. So um, if you have some drive and you really want to learn, you want to actually do take massive action, let us know about you know, getting involved in our apprentice program. And if you're into creative financing, um, yeah, you'll love our new education program. Um, it'll be a good one for you. Cool. And then guys, you can also text uh, CFP or creative financing to our hotline number uh, to get a, a link to a special video, step-by-step -step video that we, that Jeff put together on um, creating offers and terms and so kind of get a taste of it there. Uh, so yeah, text CFP to 877-409-8090. Um, you can find all of our episodes on the World Wide Web at the Creative Financing Podcast.com. And uh, we're on Facebook, the Creative Financing Podcast and Instagram as well. So catch us in all those places. Please rate and review our show as it really helps us guys to uh, <clears throat> get the word out. And it, uh, you know, it pops up as uh, suggestions for other people that's looking for great podcasts around creative financing. So help us out there. And until next time, go out there and create some terms. Thanks for listening to the Creative Financing Podcast. We need your feedback to continue to bring you the best strategies in creative financing. So please subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We greatly appreciate your ear and please pass this on. Until next time, create some terms. This show offers general information on creative financing strategies and real estate investments. Nothing contained herein should be considered personal, legal, or financial advice. Every state has individual laws governing the use and type of documents used to execute strategies discussed herein. You should consult with a local licensed real estate broker and attorney before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed, and opinions of the guests are their own. Profits are not guaranteed, and there's always inherent risk in real estate investing.